much for joining us today. Um, before I start, I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is Ugo Chijutomi and I'm the Eagle, your Chief Encouraging Officer. And welcome to my podcast, really. Um, I've created this podcast in order to encourage you to unleash your inner strength, your inner courage and your inner passion. And today I've got an amazing woman with me today who is so phenomenal in what she does and I will allow her to introduce herself but her name is Melissa Kwan. Thank you so much for joining me Melissa. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Um, yes, yeah, so my name is Melissa Kwan. I'm the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Uh, eWebinar is a software that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over. So you can imagine things like demos, onboarding, training, things like that. We turn any video into an automated webinar that you could set on a recurring schedule. So you can do literally hundreds of sessions every month without having to be there physically. Um, I've spent about 12 years in startups. Uh, this is my third company. I've bootstrapped all of them. Uh, my last company was in SaaS as well uh, in the real estate space. And that was acquired in 2019 after I ran it for five years. Wow. Wow, Melissa. I think when you started to do your introduction and I kind of just took down a big note and the big question was about the bootstrapping, finding out that you've been in this industry for the last 12 years, you say? Yeah. And you've bootstrapped everything. Tell us about your first <laughs> tell us about your first journey into you know, into the tech world, into startups. We want to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely no small feat. Um, if I think about the last 12 years, the only time I've ever had a real salary was the year and a half that I was working for my acquirer. Um, for many, many years, I didn't pay myself when I first started, and then I paid myself just enough to cover the basics. A lot of business owners here uh, might resonate with that. Um, and since I started eWebinar about three and a half years ago, I still haven't paid myself. Um, and I've been able to do that because I sold my previous company. Um, and actually, my, my life partner is my co-founder to, uh, to this venture as well. Um, and he doesn't pay himself out of eWebinar, e uh, but he's a consultant for um, a part-time consultant for another firm. So that's kind of how we have some of our expenses paid for as well. Uh, but yeah, my last job that I quit was at SAP, which is um, a German company that sells enterprise software. You guys might have heard of it. It's kind of the same as, you know, uh, Microsoft or Oracle. Um, but I was a, a sales at SAP, um, quit that job 12 years ago to start my first business. Um, and honestly, I didn't think about like starting a tech business. Like that wasn't really in my mind. I just wanted to start a business and there wasn't you know, Y Combinator or Techstars or any real accelerators back then, like they were starting to come up. Um, and the tech communities, I was living in Vancouver in Canada at the time, were really just meetup.com. So like interest groups that would pick a restaurant and then you would kind of get together once a month to, to talk about your ideas. And um, I was just someone that wanted to start something on my own. I didn't even know that the word startup existed um, until I started going to these meetups. So that was really kind of my first journey. Um, tried a bunch of different ideas. Um, a lot of them didn't work. Um, and the one that did, my first company was um, an iPad real estate development marketing app. So you can imagine when you walk into a sales center of a building that hasn't been built, 
you get almost like a coffee table type book that has like beautiful renderings of the building. They, you know, they want to entice you to buy real estate. We were the iPad version of that. Um, And on the back end, there was like a sales tool. So we did that for about four years. Absolutely hated that business um, because that was, um, it started as a product company. Like we wanted to sell this product to many people, but everybody wanted to customize. So when everyone wants to customize in your bootstrap, what do you do? You say yes to everybody. And before you knew it, we were a custom apps company. So we would build one app and, you know, try to get someone to pay us, build one app, try to get someone to pay us. And anyone that's running an agency right now would know that that's a very, very tough business and and really not that scalable. But it was my first introduction into the tech scene um, and specifically the real estate tech scene. So at that point, I moved from Vancouver to New York because that's the real estate capital of the world um, and started my second business that I because I wanted to sell the same thing to many people. I didn't want to sell custom apps to one-off people, which was what I was doing. So that became my second company, which was called Spacio. Um, And that was uh, an iPad check-in tool for people going into what we call in North America open houses. So when you're selling a property on the weekends, maybe the agent would be there for two to four hours, uh, either Saturday or Sunday. Anytime a buyer comes in, they would ask them to sign in on a sheet of paper like first name, last name, email, you know, what are you looking for or something like that? Mm-hmm. We were the iPad version of that, but we sold mostly to brokerages uh, and franchises. So we didn't sell direct to agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ran that for, yeah, ran that for five years um, and eventually sold it. Um, but back then I had also left New York to travel full-time. Oh, no. So I left New York about four years ago, travel full-time. It was just a lifestyle that I always was curious about. And as Spacio was starting to break even, and I was starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel after having run it for so many years and not paying myself, um, I started to have some headspace to think about what is it that would make me happy Mm. after having spent so many years paying someone else's bills. And I never really traveled as a kid. Um, and so I always was curious about, you know, working on the road kind of thing. So I figured at the time, like if I were to build a business and it were going to be hard, if there was one thing I could do for me, it would be being able to do it from anywhere. So my partner and I at that point left New York. We were still running Spacio. Um, and that was actually when I ran into the problem of running live webinars for my customers back then. Um, and that became kind of the beginning of webinars. So um, anyone that owns a business that might use webinars right now to do demos, training, onboarding, mm-hmm. knows how unscalable that is. But that's the preferred medium for people to get that content because they want to be able to go there and engage, ask you questions, get resources and things like that. So not only was I doing these live webinars, sometimes five to seven of them back to back, I was also doing them in opposite time zones of my customer. So it got to a point where I'm like, why am I doing this thing repeatedly? Like it just doesn't even make sense for a person to do something repeatedly, let alone a founder of a company. But more importantly, it was infringing on the way I wanted to live my life. So I was, for example, um, in Kyoto, you know, 4 a.m., I would have to go down to the hotel lobby and do this demo that I did yesterday. Or, you know, I would go to dinner, but I wouldn't have a cocktail because I had a, you know, I have another demo in about an hour. Mm. Right. So it it was just so strange because I, I felt like I had spent all these years earning this freedom, right. but my entire schedule was tied down by my customer's training schedule. 
So I had always imagined this product that would do my job for me, run all these webinars for me while I could just go and have fun, um, but also just do things that require my unique attention, not require me to be a robot. And because I was bootstrapped, I didn't have anyone else doing them. Like I was the only person that would do them. And what happens if you don't do them is people don't know your software and then they don't use it and then they cancel and then it's your fault, right? It's not, it's not their fault. So that's why after um, the last company was sold in 2019, I decided this was the problem I wanted to solve because this was just something I, I lived every day for five years and something that I knew so intimately well. And um, it's also something that I knew wasn't a unique problem to me. Like a lot of my peers, whether they were running tech companies or not, was living this particular problem. So that was kind of the beginning of eWebinar. And that's the company that I'm running now. Wow. And you know what? It's just when you listen to people's stories, you realize that in every circumstances, doing that story has led up to the next level and to the next level. the next level does that feel like does does that not feel like how how it's worked out for you i mean that's that's absolutely how it's worked out and i and i also think that life is really just a series of like process of elimination almost right it's like i don't like to do this so my next thing has to be this right and actually when i sold my previous company and i was thinking about like what i want to do next um i i made a list of (laughs) non Sorry, there's a mosquito trying to like bite my hand. Um, There's like, I made a list of non-negotiables that Mm. was really important to me that, um, so I didn't even have the idea of e-webinar. I just had a list of non-negotiables that my next business had to fit. And I only knew all those things because at that point I had run two companies over eight years. Um, So yeah, I would definitely agree with you that like everything that comes next, you know, is, I guess, a byproduct of where you are today. No, absolutely. And I think one of your key non-negotiables from what I've picked up is freedom and happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And do you want to- I mean, why else would we, like, why else would we be doing this, right? Like, it's it's already so hard. So the reward that you get at the end of the rainbow (laughs) has to be, you know, something that makes you ultimately happy. No, absolutely. And I think one of the reasons I've picked up on this for my listeners, especially to know that in every process that you are, you can pick up something that takes you to the next level. But is to know one of the key things you've mentioned is what I wanted to do next. I had to make a list of my non-negotiables. And I think just so that everyone's listening, understanding that we all have that ability and power to decide to say, you know what, these are the key things I want to do. And these are the key things I do not want to do. I, I also wanted us to just go into a bit of the flow about your limiting beliefs. I mean, a lot of the people are scared of doing certain things. I mean, there's certain things like in tech, for instance, and most of my listeners who are probably out in Africa or in places where they do not feel empowered enough, you, we all have the same limiting, I mean, we all have limiting beliefs. We all have things that we have thought about that probably will be in the way of our progress. And I... I wanted to horn into one. One of the key things that we both have in common is we're both females. And I don't know if there was any way you had to navigate yourself through that in an industry that's probably male dominated. 
Yeah, I think one of the limiting beliefs is to start off with the fact that I'm female, right? Mm. Which is, I that's not something I that ever crosses my mind, mm. right? Like, um, and and that might be the unpopular opinion. I've definitely been, you know, been penalized as um, a non-supporter of women by saying that. But listen, I know I'm female. Other people know I'm female. They don't have to remind me. I don't need to remind myself. And um, whether there are forces that are, you know, there work against me or not, like I don't have any other comparison outside of my own experience. So I don't actually know if it's harder to build my business right now um, than if I were like a white male. Mm. I don't know that. Mm. But I do think that if you start off by, already putting yourself down thinking mm-hmm. I'm not as capable or there aren't as many opportunities open to me because of what I am, you are already putting yourself in a different sandbox. Right. And I don't do that. In fact, it just makes me cringe when mm-hmm. I read any sort of content or when I hear anything where somebody would say, oh, I talked to a female entrepreneur today. You know, she is this, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, the next sentence, she is this, already says that she's female. Mm. You don't need to start the conversation by saying, I talked to a female entrepreneur and this was, you know, and she said this, right? So I really hate the idea that society already puts us in a sandbox as if yeah. we need to be given a pat on the back because mm. we're doing this, but yet we're female. And that's, I think, like the most limiting belief that we can have yeah. is the starting point of, I am already disadvantaged because of this, right? I think you can only make the best out of your situation. Um, and that's how I approach everything. Wow, that's amazing, Melissa. And I know that I did say to you that our, converse, our conversation is going to be free flowing. And one of the key things about having guests around is just for me to be very authentic and just go in the direction that I feel really led to. And one of the things I wanted to pick up on is the fact that you've said the self-limiting that we all presume are just directly related to how we want to see things and then if we could just change that for you you don't you don't even consider that because what you know is i'm in a tech business and i'm doing this i'm creating this and that's what matters to me you know it's not a case of if i'm female male whatever it doesn't really bother you but you're delivering this I just wanted to kind of hone into that kind of mentality because it's a strong mentality. And do you think that it's come from any background of yours in any way? Were you brought up to think like this? And how did you how did you develop this really strong strong self of self? I mean, that's that's really interesting because no one's ever dug into this before. Um, but the reality is I come from a very, very traditional Chinese family where my parents wanted me to be an accountant, a doctor, an investment banker, like something that would give me stability, which is what they didn't have, Mm -hmm. um, opportunity, and something that they would be proud of telling their friends about, right? Like, because they are, they are not entrepreneurs. So they don't really understand this world. Um, they, for the longest time, they thought that I started my own business because I didn't want to face the realities of life. (laughs) Like they thought I was just messing around and I didn't want a real job. So I was like starting this thing, like not once 
would they think, oh, like maybe she is taking her life seriously and that's why she has no money, right? <laughs> like the question they would always ask is like, if you're successful, how come you never have any money? And that's a very hard question to answer because, you know, people equate success with financial success. Yeah. So how do you explain to non-entrepreneurial parents that you're actually on the right path or you think you're on the right path, right? So um, I actually was raised with the limiting belief that I could not be more. That I was going to school to be a professional. And that's actually really, really limiting, right? But I I don't know where it comes from. I think I've just always been curious, um, always been rebellious um, in a sense that when someone tells me, oh, you can't do this, then I want to go and do it. Or I never really let that affect me. Um, I had a really strong sense of wanting to be free um, because my parents were not so much strict but they were very, um, they were very traditional, right? Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of things I couldn't do um, as a kid, as I was under the roof. So growing up, I had a very strong sense of wanting to be on my own. And I think that's where that kind of independence comes from. And I think that's where that strength comes from is, is I wanna do whatever I can to be free of the things that I don't like in my life. Wow, wow, Amelia. So that just is amazing. I mean, my last um, in my last podcast, I talked a lot about daydreaming and imagination, and I think I can just link it to that because a lot of us have these dreams as young children where we've desired certain things, and then we get as older, and they they wake you up from this dreamland and like face reality. But I. <laughs> I like your sense of identifying this is what I want and I'm going to go after it. And I, I, I'm so um, emphasizing most of my listeners and if all my listeners can pick up on this strength that you've shared with us today to know that inside of us, regardless of how we've been brought up, especially my listeners who are back in Africa, regardless of how we've been brought up, regardless of the environment we've grown up in, we can begin to forge our own path if we only follow through our personal desires and I think you're one of your key personal desires is just the fact that you were quite curious and you wanted to be rebellious and you wanted freedom and I think we're about to round up but one of my key questions I wanted to to say to you is what's the future for you now <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question um I would say the future is tomorrow uh so I've been running e-webinar for three and a half years now I keep telling people this is my last startup I don't have another one in me this thing is just way too hard uh, and I started this company with a different intention right like I started my first two companies wanting to be rich like just financially rich because that's what I was told that I needed to have, right? That's what society tells me. That's what the media tells me. That's what, that's what my parents tell me. Like you need to be rich in order to be happy. Um, but as I grew up um, and as I got to experience things like traveling and community and music and uh, really building a home around the people that I love, I realized that to be wealthy, um, is not being financially well-off or not just being financially well-off. So I started eWebinar wanting it, number one, to give myself freedom and and also to give other people freedom, Yeah. right? I want to free other people from being in their business all the time. Mm 
I want them to go live their life, but still deliver content that's important to their business. And I want to show them that you don't have to work harder to be more successful. You actually need to work more creatively and you can be 10 times more productive, 10 times more efficient. So I want to give other people that. And now I realize, you know, if I can build a company that allows me to live my life where I get to call the shots, so I get to do whatever I want, travel wherever I want without looking for the best deal. Or, you know, I want to stay in a certain Airbnb, but I can't afford it. So I have to go, you know, so then maybe I have to go to another neighborhood, right? So I started eWebinar with the idea that if this can give me enough money to live the life that I want, then everything else in my life is actually taken care of, right? I have friends that I love. I have you know, a great partner. I have great family. You know, like we, we already kind of call the shots in the, in the sense that we, we are still nomading. So we kind of like live and work on the road. Mm-hmm. All of that's kind of taken care of, right? So um, my idea of what financially free is right now is not what it used to be 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, it was like, oh, let's get the, you know, let's build a unicorn and let's sell this thing for a billion dollars. That's not going to be me because I am not willing to put in the sacrifice for it. There are so many things in my life that I want to do that I care about that is not work. So the way that I think about this is if this pays me and everyone involved a really good salary that allows me to just live, um, that's the future. And I would consider myself a very wealthy and accomplished person once we get there. Wow, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, Melissa. And I've been really blown by your strength. <laughs> and even one, one of the key things about how you define wealth, you know, defining finding out that wealth is not just this accumulation of the financial part of it, but you've gone on to accumulate so many things like your experiences. You're in amazing countries. I won't give away where you are right now, but you're, you're, able, <laughs> you're able to travel with this freedom. And I wanted to highlight a key thing for my my listeners and one of it is the fact that one of your key values from what I did what I've understood from our conversation is your freedom and your happiness will not be compromised so if there's anything that anyone takes out today is make sure that you do not compromise your key values just as Melissa Kwan hasn't compromised the key values thank you so much Melissa and where can people find you if they want to connect to you and follow you and learn more from you the best place to find me and connect with me is through LinkedIn. So Melissa Kwan, uh, last name is spelled K-W-A-N. And if you're curious about eWebinar and how it can help you, mm-hmm. um, you know, grow your business or free you from your live webinars, assuming you're doing them right now, yeah. um, just go to eWebinar.com. Um, there's a two-minute video on the homepage and also a demo that you can join at your own time. Perfect. I also have lots of um, connects with coaches and uh people who are helping people in the integrated practitioner front. Um, is this something they can also use as, as coaches to, to, to give demos and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. We have a huge community of, of coaches, uh, course creators, consultants yep. that use eWebinar to deliver their sales pitch 24 seven, whether it's a straight up sales pitch or whether it's like a free workshop that has um, a CTA at the end to maybe buy a certain program. Um, eWebinar is what they use uh, to deliver that. Oh, perfect. I'm definitely going to be bringing all my contact over to you. <laughs> 
because I know the headache of trying to make sure they were delivering workshops and having live workshops every time is quite hard. So they will, um, we will be connecting with you. Thank you so much, Melissa, for you know gracing us your time and your presence. We really enjoyed this conversation today, and I hope to have you again maybe sometime in the future. But thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>